<laughs> it's like I have a little buzz in my head. You yeah. Know? And a mariachi. Pleasant. Bread. Welcome to You Good Sis. Welcome. <laughs> I like how you had to go from these fingers I did. to your professional. Narrow it in, you know? We're bring doing it in. Thing now. Bring it in, bring it in. Welcome to You Good Sis. Oh my God, so exciting. Back Ep- for another week. I don't know what number episode this is, but. Let's call it 22. Okay. I don't know. That for some reason was in my head. But I'm feeling 22. Listen, we love some versions of Taylor Swift. I'm sorry. Some elements. I mean, Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, talents yeah. are there. Taylor's, I mean, she has bops. Yeah. She has so, bops. Um, anyway, are you? By, by, well, yeah. by that, I was saying, we, we're feeling our faults because we just, baby girl just saw, uh, introduced me to a pickleback shot. I'm drinking some apple cider with a little whiskey in and it. And I have a, ooh, I hit the mic. <laughs> I have a tart and earthy cider. You know, and yeah. the the lights are low and we're feeling great. Yeah. So, you good, sis? You I'm I'm good. I'm I'm good. I Ooh. Ooh, what's it I bringing don't know up? What adjec- I don't know what adjectives to use right here. We'll take the time cuz I like how this is bringing something to the surface. Yeah, it is. I mean like I feel like you know what? When Smokey Robinson wrote and produced Cruisin', it was a lovely, delightful, light, airy love song. But when I think of Cruisin', I think of, you know, <laughs> I'm just out here. <laughs> That's Bye. how I am right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. But you know what? Cruisin', um, I have not heard one cover of that song that didn't hit. Because covers usually can fuck a song up Don't or they can they can they can bring a lot of disrespect to a great thing but d'angelo cruising which is the cruising most people our age probably know most um and then andrew day and gallant did a cover of cruising they all hit they all hit smokey yeah. robinson just wrote a brilliant song and that's it i'm cruising but i'm not cruising in the way they was cruising i'm cruising in a more stressful way but it's fine <laughs> it's fine fierce fierce take a drink Release it. Take a deep breath. Unclench your jaw. Release your shoulders. Um, I'm doing as well as I can be for someone who just found out they live with a triple water sign. So, (laughs) you know, I wake up each day with crazy and now I know why. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I found out Lexi was a triple water sign and it truly shook me at my core. But also makes a lot of sense. That's my friend. Does it? It, it does. It, because what listen, they as are, a triple water sign, it doesn't make sense to me. Let me clarify. The water, the triple water makes sense. Yeah. The other signs that are in your chart, what they actually are, I don't want to even speak into this house. <laughs> Scorpio can stand, and yeah. I'm just gonna say you are a Scorpio triple water. We will not talk about the the other two. Water I signs. really don't get it. What I do understand about being a triple water sign is, and and with the Scorpio leading them as mm-hmm. my sun sign, I give. This is my personal statement. I have all of the feelings and none of the fucks. And it's true. It's really true. It's me. I need to come up with something like that for myself. But otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm doing okay. Like, I kept talking about this uh, rehearsal process that I went through as, like, 
uh, this is keeping me so busy, but when I get spit out of the other side, I'm going to feel this. And I didn't actually think that when I got spit out on the other side, it would wreck me all that much. It has wrecked me. <laughs> like, it's fine. I'm just, I'm, I'm having trouble getting back to a routine. Yeah. I'm really having trouble with just like basic taking care of myself. But, um, but my mental journey through it has been kind of, kind of healthy and kind of nice. It's like all the unhealthy thoughts that are pouring in get combated with a little like love. Yeah. And um, so I appreciate it's an exhausting fight going on with myself, but I appreciate the thoughts that aren't letting me like take it further into an emotional place. And like you weren't spit out into a normal landscape. You were spit out into a <laughs> pandemic. I feel like I just restarted top of pandemic. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I've been here before. Yeah. We know how to like, we're going to have to regress and figure out a new normal a new schedule so i am i'm doing as well as with that as i can my room my i mean my bank account starts to decrease a little every day but my room looks a little better (laughs) like the plants in the room they just bring me all of the happiness all the joy i just got these two new planters and one is a little four inch butt and one is a big old eight inch breastplate So in rose gold. In rose gold. <laughs> like a true millennial. I mean they're gorgeous. They are gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So those things make me happy. Aesthetics. Aesthetics are key in my life right now. Yeah. Um, where are we? Ain't that um Ain't that um Ain't that um Ain't that y'all I mean, honestly, what is the United States of America? Ain't that what a is bitch. It? It's um so our first topic is the fact that coronavirus nineteen is running its ass all up and through the White House. I know I can't be uh privy to this segment because I I can't even think about this without laughing. It still has not processed to me just like how maybe we should be a little like uh, you know pay attention to the details mm-hmm. like all the conspiracies are going around yeah but i am like have not breached the topic yet because i can't stop giggling do you know <laughs> i was here i was here in the apartment um and that news broke of course i was here it's the pandemic <laughs> was i running the streets it, no it's the search to figure out I where did, you are for me i mean no because yeah um <laughs> you know when um first lady michelle obama said when they go low we go high and a lot of people were like hmm, good for you yes <laughs> me included i'm one of those people who are like cute you do that uh-huh um but with when this news broke i i, I said um when y'all go low I retweet. <laughs> These jokes go off. Like, I'm laughing. This is funny. I'm not going to act like it's not. I mean, it's what we've all been waiting for. It's like the it's the cathartic release that the entire country needed, yeah. especially days post debate. Yeah. But I love you. I love that you use the word cathartic because you know like catharsis is a moment. It's like a main element mm-hmm. in Greek tragedy mm-hmm. so it's like it's the hubris like it's the this is the catharsis that it's that hubris, hubris needed it, it is it is it's, yes. it's, it's exactly that. it's the catharsis because like god i mean like damn it's, um, oh no you had it coming i love karma he had it com- why was that not ain't that um karma. he had it coming 
Oh, mine's so going to be tango. Karma Lucky Day then. I claim it okay. now. And that's yours. You can claim it now. Great. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that man um, and his wife tested positive for COVID-19 as well as at least 18 people who work in the White House and have Jesus been tested Christ. in the past week and many other um, high-profile political people. I'm not even going to limit it to high-profile. Like, uh, just a lot of people around. Around, yeah. And, he is literally uh, like a patient zero. He, no, <laughs> like, there's a, the, the, I've seen headlines calling him a super spreader. Ooh, yes. And that's exactly what's He's happening. super spreader. Because you're thinking about the debate that was last week. You're thinking about Where he already the, looked, like, clammy and not okay. You're thinking about the White House Rose Garden, where they assembled to talk about a Ruth Bader Ginsburg replacement after mm-hmm. her passing. Mm-hmm. And all the people there who... I mean, very few people were wearing masks, but all the chairs were right next to each other. There were so many hugs and pictures of hugs yeah. and no mask and just the recklessness. And even traveling mm-hmm. on Air Force One to different events around the country. There was a restaurant in Minnesota where 13 employees uh, went into quarantine after catering a party because they learned that the president has coronavirus. It's comedic to me. <laughs> it's, just, it's not for those employees, but I it's mean... Not. Like, what? And then what? After... Okay, so we've gotten post the news we've gotten all of this news about how it may be a conspiracy how it may be not true how it may be a last ditch effort for you know whatever whatever it is yeah. i don't i don't think that's true i mean how do the positives of a ploy like that exactly outweigh the negatives exactly how? like why would you want that kind of attention but um so i don't believe that but i did see a video of him trying to pose okay where he like went out on the balcony of the yeah. white house and everyone's talking about how he's trying to suppress his cough but he walks back into the white house with no mask and it's like super spreader super spreader <laughs> you're thinking about when he wanted to go on that little fucking parade at, out of walter reed and get in the suv and just ride around you think about all the secret service people that have to be in the vehicle with him in yep. a vehicle that you know is meant to not spread gases yeah like it's meant to keep everything in and out and i'm certain 45 was like i'm gonna take off my Maskless. mask all these, yeah all these people are around me daily you're thinking about everyone who it. works the white house period in every wing, every department, ev- get a contact tracer to the White House. Not funny for them. Not at Tragic. all. Tragic. That this is where it's like the Greek tragedy comes yes. in. This is where like yeah. Um, there is this video of him looking a different shade of orange than usual, where he says, "Now I'm better. Maybe I'm immune. I don't know." Like as if he's trying to pull off a joke. But but there. Sir, you can't breathe. (laughs) I hear it. I hear it. But the issue is, Lex, there are so many people that will hear that statement. I, what is it? I, I, I'm immune. I'm better. I'm immune. I don't know. They'll hear, maybe I'm immune and go, oh, maybe, maybe he's immune. And that's what they'll pick up. Instead of the end of the phrase, I don't know. I don't know. There is no certainty. I'm sick as fucking talk. Like, like no one will hear the I don't know, but people will literally pick out the maybe I'm immune and listen to that. That's that's what most of his platform has been. I'll say this random thing and we'll just pick out all the good things. That's literally what Republicans are doing with him. Outrageous. Now, a lot of things have happened in the past week. This was this has been a crazy, crazy uh, launching pad. (laughs) 
for news in the oh, past yeah, yeah, week. Yeah. Like things have spiraled in every direction, in every way, from this these positive tests, right? Um, one of them being Claudia Conway, uh, Kellyanne Conway's daughter, mm-hmm. who is I think fifteen, and <laughs> Kellyanne has it, don't she? She does. She and her husband have it. Claudia is not so sure. But you know what? I Here's the thing about Claudia. She will air a bitch out. <laughs> She's now grounded, I think I saw on TMZ. But <laughs> me too. Cuz same. <laughs> One thing that had me laid out. I looked at Shirley Ruff's page because you know I follow her. I love her. You do. And she posted a a shot from an, a project. And the caption was just like, oh, what? You you say who has COVID-19 right now? But the location said God's plan. No, no. <laughs> I screamed. I, all I, 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 I don't comment on a lot of things on Instagram, but all I put right here, I said the location. God's plan. And I, I, I feel like she spearheads that account. And that no one else is res- is responsible for what no, goes no, no, on no. there. Yeah. And she went through and liked most of the things in that thing. But when I got a no- notification that said, Shirley Ralph liked your comment that said this location, I was like, Mama God's doesn't care. Plan. It said God's plan. I'm screaming. Also, the idea of every other country laughing at us right now because the Madame Toussaint's in Amsterdam, uh, which is not a country, it's a city, but... No, well, yeah. The Madame Tussauds in Amsterdam put, like, the wax figure of 45 in quarantine. <gasps> like, it, it's in a display window with, like, caution signs, and they put a mask on it. <laughs> it's So, ain't that um? And they have every right to. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Ain't but not. Um. Yes. Baby, ain't that um? I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Maybe We're that's throwing an in a bunch um. of pop divas today. My ain't that um for sure uh-huh. is... Queen Diane Carroll. Um, in a different world. Her role in a different world. She plays Whitley's mother. Okay. And the it, even if you aren't as familiar with a different world as I am, <laughs> most people know that episode when Whitley was gonna get married and Diane and uh Dwayne ran down that aisle talking about some no, please, baby, please, like stop the wedding, right? Diane Carroll playing Whitley's mother has one line that really applies here. Dwayne Wayne come, tries to come up that aisle and people block him and he's screaming. And the queen says, Die! Just die! <laughs> and, and that's, that's my that up. <laughs> Self-explanatory as shit! Oh shit. My ain't that um is um a small full out, if you will. A baby sis, small full out, if yes. you will, if you'll allow me. Um, because 45's wife attacked me personally this week when 45's wife had some tapes released and ma'am said, and I quote, Who gives a fuck about the Christmas stuff and decorations? <laughs> I'm here to say I give the fuck. <laughs> I give every fuck about the Christmas stuff and decorations. 
The least you can do is spread Christmas joy and cheer. Yeah. The least you can do. And I'm happy you're prepping now in October, bitch. Get ready because Christmas should be year-round. But you, two months, two months on Christmas, you can do it. You can do it. You offended me. I give a fuck. And that's how I know the presidency don't care about me. That's how I know for sure that was the nail in the coffin. I mean, Ben, no. No, you should have known. Those old pictures of White House decorations for... Christmas. If you've looked at her decorations before no. that she's approved, it's like the, she wants the lack of a fuck to be clear. No. She wants it to be clear. Okay, so moving on. Um, I'm going to try my best to care about the headline of this more than I care about the subject material. <laughs> okay. So um, this week, Rihanna released her Savage X Fenty uh, season two is what Amazon Prime calls it. Um, but she released her fashion jo- show on Amazon Prime and then few days after its release had to apologize to the Muslim community um, because one of the songs in her show sampled a recitation from the Islam sacred Hadith. Um, God, I hope I'm saying that correctly because <laughs> I'd also don't want to be raked over the coals. Mm. But um, I saw this headline and then I had to do that thing where you go into the comments section and go, okay, how, how powerful is this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how much should I, like, rally behind this? Or how much should I, um, how upset do I need to be? Yeah. <laughs> um, because I watched season two twice over the weekend in one day and three times if we're counting in total. And I missed, obviously, this message because I don't have that great of a connection with um, any kind of Muslim material. Yeah. But who I am as a, a person, who like, who am I as a person to be like, you should not be mad about this. Right. You know what I mean? So right. people were definitely sensitive to it um, and made it a point to tell her like, hey, you know, even though the show is all inclusive and very like culturally diverse and everything, you did offend this religion. And I think that that's valid. There are yeah. valid claims in that. So she came out with an apology saying that um, it was an honest yet careless mistake, which I thought was literally perfectly worded. Yeah. She also followed it up saying that she was going to um, make that the, her team was going to make sure that this kind of thing never, ever happens again, which is all you have to do. Yeah. That's all you have to do is learn. It was learn. that simple. It was that simple. She put out one fail swoop statement and it was that simple and I was like okay no matter I mean I don't have to have a personal connection to the offense but the way that she handled it yeah pristine pristine and that's I think that's a brilliant way to put it like I don't have to have a personal connection to the offense to be personally aware of and sensitive to you know the reaction yeah i don't and it's like you know what you've added to my perspective in yes. creating art Absolutely. and i will take that moving forward because that I and this is where we take a shift yes girl i've seen it three times but um it that show i don't know why i just leaned forward and hiccuped into the mic <laughs> you wanted to make sure it was not <laughs> um <laughs> we now had two yeah. so because that show I went over to um, part of my my quarantine pods place. I went over to their place and we watched season two, as it's called, the one that was released this year. Then they said, you've got to see season one. I didn't know these were even recorded and and televised for us on streaming services. So I said, what? 
yeah, season two rocked my world. Let's watch season one. Then we uh, went back and watched season two again, all in one night. And the level of um, evolution that happens between season one fashion show and season two fashion show with... Uh, inclusivity in the first one was already groundbreaking but you can really tell what we've been through I mean minus the obvious minus the absence of an audience but (laughs) you can really tell what we're going through right now because the boundaries that are broken and inclusion and and culture there are so many songs in in different languages there's a lot of like caribbean nod there's a lot of hispanic nod there's a lot of latin nod it's just it's it's so so inclusive that it is very important that in a time where we have like that kind of actively going on we still say great work here's what needs to be done yeah so i love that yeah take the note i love that because they could have easily responded to it differently and and a lot of the internet would have stood behind that too i recently learned the phrase impact over intent over impact and it's like you know you have the intention to do this or you don't intend to do that but how it impacts people that's what you can't control and when you learn how it impacts people how do you react to that yeah that's where the public relation is yeah so yeah this this made me even more so, this headline made me even more so excited for what's coming next year with this fashion show. And there are some theories as to where it could be different, even maybe it's not even Rihanna focused, maybe it divulges into other celebrities, but that's a deep fan topic. But um, my ain't that um, for this, because my full out was going to be the fashion show. Oh! You know it was. You know it was. It is so good it is so good i just have to while i'm here um give kudos to paris gerbel i want to say her last name is said gerbel uh it's yes anyway she's from new zealand she's this amazing amazing choreographer and she's been choreographing this new zealand dance studio or dance team for ages and they've been famous in the dance world um but paris has now started choreographing for celebrities she did the freaking j-lo shakira uh super bowl show yeah. i mean she's incredible and the way she created for this fashion show if we can even call it that i mean it is just like it's art it's art and and the way they used they used one set one sound stage and they made it look like 20 different factories they filmed you know it's just it's so wildly impressive that we got this kind of again this kind of content in quarantine thank you so much for putting in your hard work um yeah thank you so much to everyone involved who had that many swaps put up their nose yeah because you know and that's no small crew it's not (laughs) it's not and it's people traveling in from all over the world you know what i mean so they had to really be on their shit so i do i thank you for putting out this kind of art because each time that i've watched it i've cried in multiple places i feel so inspired by it it's just it's the kind of dancing that i want to do the kind of art that i want to be a part of and it was so admirable so well done so inclusive I can't. I can't. So also to piggyback off my ain't that um, uh-huh. it is um, yes the fa- the fashion show as a whole. But I wanted to highlight this one song because I thought that I stand this song in per- in the privacy of my bedroom, and it is um, 
not to, not to downplay the Muslim experience at all, but this is kind of a religious song to me, and it's He Loves Me by Jill Scott. Oh, yeah. I could not believe they used He Loves Me. It just... Really? It, that is not... I don't I don't expect people to not know it. Like I feel like if I sang that melody and someone didn't know it, I would be like, Where have you been? Yeah. And, and, and you know, you know I didn't get that far in the show because I mean, reasons that aren't just wasn't really relevant. Yeah. yeah. It like, just really felt like true to a black woman's soul and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. We love Rihanna. I'm gonna take a bite of this pickle. And I will never fail to remind people that she was talking about Beachella. Oh, yeah. She was talking about Beyonce at Coachella when she did that. Oh, yeah. Jill Scott. We love her. The last story, um, also related to Beyonce directly Kelly Rowland. Kelly! Your story cracked me up. Did it? Yes. (laughs) We, okay. Kelly Rowland announced today, this is Wednesday, October 7th, that she is pregnant with her second child. Wow. And this was announced with a cover from Women's Health Magazine. Did you know this This is the first music issue of Women's Health Magazine? What? What does exactly. that mean? Like a music artist is on like the front? Like focused on music. Like, announced on the cover of Women's Health Magazine um, I found a quote in the article where Kelly Rowland said she felt hesitant to make her joyful news public because of the pandemic, because of racial reckoning, a severe economic downturn, like rolling throughout the country. She was hesitant to, you know, be experiencing this massive point in her life. Yeah. But the shots I saw, gorgeous. Uh, she the looked fir- beautiful. Oh, is beautiful. Yeah. Always, forever. In any circumstance. True. In this shoot, everything hit. Nothing missed. What? Also, how far along is she? That, I didn't get the details But she's like well into this pregnancy. No, no, she is well. Yeah. At the very minimum, four months. Yes. Maybe five. I agree. I would say five. She was filming a movie for Lifetime, one of their Christmas movies, is is a sequel to one they did last season mm-hmm. and was pregnant and then um, confirmed that she was pregnant and because of quarantine, like she wasn't traveling back and forth. It, it's called Merry Little Christmas, L-I-D-D-L-E. Little. <laughs> um, and recording, recording an album, wow. which the recording an album part is really what took me out because she said in the article that I read, she was like, you know, my fans might not take it so well if I give them a baby before an album. And I was like, Alexia would have been like, you get be what okay? you get. What she mean? My fans may not take it well. Right. But Come she on. must enjoy that whole production process. Yeah, we love a considerate to, you know, queen. Con- what is her That's sign? beyond considerate. I don't know. I have to look that up. You look Honestly, that up. yeah, I'll look it up. But my very first thought when I saw the image, I was like, "Oh, is she pregnant?" Because I don't like to assume pregnancy on anyone. That is, you know, a huge journey, especially for Black women. That if I even have a question mark, I don't like to assume pregnancy mm-hmm. on anyone. But then it was like made obvious, and we want you to see she's pregnant. And my first thought after having that realization was. <gasps> 
another Destiny's grandchild. <laughs> That's exactly what your story said, and I cried. We get another Destiny's grandchild. Um, baby girl's an Aquarius. Is she? Yes, yes. Okay, that makes a it lot of sense. sense. It does. That make makes sense. a lot of sense. Uh, we there's another Destiny's grandchild upon us. Someone else for Blue Ivy to train. She's just building her army. I'm at sure this she point. won't waste any time. I know we're in a pandemic, and I know, I, I mean, many celebrities aren't taking it extraordinarily seriously. I know that Beyonce is, but I know that Blue Ivy will get on that Zoom and tell this baby what it is and what it ain't. She's the Angelica of these Rugrats. She, no, she's the Susie Carmichael because Blue Ivy don't trip like Angelica. Angelica was tripping. <laughs> Susie Carmichael had the rules and she had the sense. It's true, and they she's did Susie. listen. They listened to Susie, and they listened to Blue Ivy is Susie Carmichael. Mm-hmm. She's also Penny Proud. She's cute and she loud, and she got, got it, it going, going on. on. And she has twin baby siblings, Baby and Cece. And Oscar is Jay Z, and Trudy is Beyonce. <laughs> they are the proud family. Niggas in Paris is not proud snacks. I'm sorry. It's not proud snacks. This is about Kelly. And I love I love Kelly so much. I also love like even even with Miss Tina's post, she was like, you know when people like get to announce something that they've known the whole time? Miss Tina definitely did that. And you're either that bitch that says, Oh my god, I'm so glad we can we finally get to say or you're that bitch that's like, Great, oh my god, amazing. (laughs) Miss Tina was definitely like, oh, I finally get to say, <laughs> which I mean, real, but um, she was like my sixth grandchild, and I love, I love how much of a family they are. Like yeah. Titan, Kelly's son, and this baby that's coming, they are Tina's grandchildren, and I love that she she makes it so public that 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 kinship that's yeah. just a, a matter of who they are and yeah. what they've decided this is my grandchild period talking about kelly kelly is gorgeous on this cover this article is a great read also we're getting an album out of this who could ask for anything more ain't that um that's actually right. not my ain't that um but <laughs> my ain't that um is the charleston <laughs> it's the charleston <laughs> i have two ain't that ums one being girl by destiny's child because when they were our age a little younger but when they were destiny's child and kelly was in a relationship that wasn't so much it it wasn't that it for her when you learned as an adult that that was being sung to her and written for her Mm -hmm. to this moment in her life it's just like i'm so I'm so happy you're that happy. And Girl, girl, the song has helped out so many women. It's a great track. It's one of those songs that you lying and pretending that he's faithful and he hurt you. I'm your girl. This is a warning song. We We your girls. And don't you know that we love you. We love you, Kelly Rowland. My second ain't that um is Loving You by Minnie Ripperton. If only she had a whistle tone to give. Loving You by Minnie Ripperton. That song had a journey. Like, when they started writing it was a very different place than when they ended writing it. And as a Stevie Wonder fan, I also want to point out that Stevie Wonder was a part of the production of this song. Anyway. It's important. It is. Um, But according to the liner notes of the compilation album that this song was on, not the original, but like later, um, the melody of Loving You was a distraction for Minnie Ripperton's daughter. Maya Rudolph. Oh, we know. <laughs> like, oh, sis. We, yeah. There's not a time that, oh, and I, 
love Maya Rudolph. She's never, she's never Minnie Ripperton's daughter to me. Yeah. But when I see her, I always go, just a reminder, that's Minnie Ripperton's yeah. daughter. But to so many people, that connection doesn't exist. Like, so many people don't hear Minnie Ripperton and don't, like, see Maya right. Rudolph and think mother-daughter. Right. You know, at, at least... You know, I'm not going to say so many people because I don't know everybody, but a lot of people are. Age. But it's not it's not a uh, common spread knowledge. Yes. And I want to emphasize that being common can be a compliment or an insult. <laughs> Bye to the but basics. They started, she and her husband, Richard, started writing the song before Maya was born. And then finished and everyone recorded it after Maya's birth. So there's this uh, moment in the track where the song fades out and uh, you can hear Maya repeated. And so whenever I think of, you know, black mothers just giving their all to someone they're excited for and someone who we expect to motherhood to motherhood. um, I, I think of that song. We are so excited for her. We're so happy for her. We think these pictures are gorgeous. And I wish her a healthy, healthy birth. Healthy, healthy. No matter how she decides to do it. I can't wait to see what Blue Ivy has been studying in music theory to put Destiny's grandchild together. Who knows? Blue Ivy may be uh, birthing the baby. (laughs) Child of Destiny. (laughs) Welcome Welcome. to the gang. She brands her. (laughs) Welcome. Everybody say good job. Good job, <laughs> Kelly. Um, so, yeah. Every, every bit of health and wellness and light and happiness to Kelly Rowland and her husband, Tim, and Titan in this journey. And, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. I see you. I see you. This week, um, our ICU goes to Chef Lex. A celebrity I'm sorry, chef. chef what? Chef Lex. I Live. mean, not me. It's not me in our kitchen. Well, it's what I up. call you in our kitchen. So I, We still don't have gas, y'all. <laughs> we still can't use the oven. Yikes. So she's not chefing like she could. But this is another Chef Lex who does this in real life. Um, who's living inside the NBA bubble in Orlando. She is one of 10 chefs invited to cook in the NBA bubble. Wow. And... <laughs> Do you know, I saw this video on my timeline of Chef Lex and her journey in the NBA bubble and, you know, waking up at 4.30 a.m. to start busting out these meals for the team and the staff and specialized everything. And, ooh, just everything looks so delicious. And I wish I could have it in my house right now. Do you have Seamless from the NBA bubble to Harlem? I I would order it. Yeah. Anyway, um, Disney initially was feeding the teams, which as someone who I love basketball in person, I don't watch it on TV. So I don't pay a lot of attention true. to the details. So true. But when I'm there, I get like I know all the rules. I get the game. I love it. I respect the the talent, the the art, the athleticism, but just NBA following it, that's not me. So I didn't realize that the NBA bubble was at Disney World. Maybe I'm slow. Oh, I didn't know that either. It's, okay, thank you. Yeah, and no, no. You, you love Disney World more than I do. I don't love Disney World, but you yeah, love Disney I've World. I've been. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't follow, but I've been. So the Disney. NBA bubble is Disney World. Um, and is it all of Disney World? I don't, I don't think it's all of Disney World. But it, Look at me like, excited. <laughs> I'm like, how do I draft the NBA? <laughs> 
the bubble after I'm is like, inside of the after world I'm like, of Disney. Yeah, I like Disney. It's no yeah, big. Sure. <laughs> uh, but initially, Disney was feeding the teams, which I thought was pretty impressive because the first time I had Mickey Mouse cupcakes, I was hyped. M- Mickey Mouse waffles. I don't know why I said cupcakes. Yeah. Mickey Mouse waffles. I was hyped. Listen. Um, but the players and the staff were not so hype about the Disney food. So <laughs> Disney... <laughs> Had to step down from the responsibility of feeding they the said NBA. whipped cream is not a main food group. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> and they invited 10 chefs to the bubble. Every other chef invited was attached to a team except Lex. Wow. Yeah. She and her assistant, Joy, run a Southern and Jamaican pop-up for the players called Comfort Kitchen. And she had previous experience cooking for the Portland Trailblazers, for Oprah Winfrey, for Meek Mill. Wow. But she's like the only solo chef 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 invited to the bubble um so i didn't choose this headline because of her name i watched the i watched the video and wrote it down for our archives because of what i saw and then minutes into it they said her name is alexia grant and i was like what (laughs) what we resonate (laughs) the root name alex is great it means great things. It's true. And sis is doing great things. It's true. Um, but, you know, every time a team is eliminated from the bubble, like they lose as far as going forward into the NBA finals, um, you lose clientele. Like hmm. you lose orders. Hmm. Um, and she's like, you know, that's on edge because like, people have to order from you still. Like you're here to feed them, but they still have to choose you to order. And that makes her nervous. But also the grace in which she does her job, like the video I saw, the way she left her hotel in the quarantine bus that takes her to the executive kitchen where mm-hmm. she works she's just like so gracious and like saying hi to everyone and how are you doing today and good morning like everyone that she encounters in that day is a part of her team of her doing her job wow. because she loves what she's doing and chef lex i see you enjoy you that we'll is you really too. freaking cool yeah i didn't know the bubble was down at disney world the bubble i didn't know either i really thought it was in the midwest somewhere i had no idea i hadn't thought about it i I'd literally just heard about the concept on um saturday night live and they were talking about how you draft in which women get to be in the bubble yes <laughs> which is funny because i've seen which women get eliminated from the bubble no <laughs> no <laughs> no it's, it's trash oh lord it's we true. know what's happening it's trash but it's true it's true yeah um but we chef do Lex, see, we see chef Lex. and her assistant joy we see her too we're back we are not therapists we are not therapists but we could be if we worked at disney we they would the pay <laughs> they would pay for our education can I, be a, can I be a Disney therapist? Just put me in as Anna for a hot second. Ma'am, I see your problem in your love life. And I think that you should, you know, be more of a Tiana where you're an Ariel right now. Live. I mean. A therapist at Disney? Wait. <laughs> like. Wait. I could do it. I could do it. Anyway. Anyway. While we ponder on those jobs that we could have but we don't because there's a pandemic outside, I do have one question. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> if you had to make a new promise to yourself today what would it be i ask this because some of us make promises to ourselves regularly regularly ourselves regularly you i'd know, be like, lying I'm try to myself this. yeah <laughs> every day without a bit of truth i'm gonna start this new thing i'm gonna start this exercise habit i'm gonna start this way of thinking whatever but if you had to make like a new one that you haven't 
actually tried to step forward in before Mm -hmm. that you can try to do for Mm -hmm. the next week? What would it be? Uh, So, as I said at the top of the show, I am in a place where I'm really struggling with routine, with self-care, and the basics of it. Because we always say, like, what is is self-care? You know what I mean? But the basics is where I'm failing. And I think with this prompt, I am going to commit myself to... This is adulthood. This is something that should not be exciting to me, but it is exciting to me. I want to stick to I want to adhere to a normal sleep routine yeah I want to go I do not I don't but moving forward because I've been so off track with my sleep and I think my sleep is what's throwing everything out of whack yeah um because I'm so used I literally listen to my body and go okay when are you tired but my body rarely tells me um, you're tired and you should go to sleep. Because your mind is, is going to spearhead it, too. Yeah. So your mind's like, you're good. And my mind goes, you have all these other shit to do. Yeah. You know, so I basically run till I crash, which will happen hours into the night. So something that I would like to propose to myself is to set a bedtime and set a wake-up time. Mm. And I actually am like excited about that that's terrifying i know it is literally like that feeling of when you go home shopping as an adult and you're like is this adulthood i'm excited about fixtures and doorknobs that's how i feel about this i really took in this prompt and was like okay i'm excited about creating a bedtime for myself there's a train near us (laughs) where did that come from it's so weird that threw me back to kentucky i was like oh i'm waking up at 5 a.m in kentucky but anyway so yeah that's something that like i really do want to uh implement into my adulthood i want to like make a bedtime for myself you need to be all tasks need to be done by this time so that you can wake up and start fresh and i think that's going to be so helpful for me so let's talk about it yeah bedtime will be like and we're, I'm committing to it here on this podcast, so I'm really thinking about it. Let's say bedtime is wind down, teeth brushed, dinner had, everything by 10.30. Okay. That's reasonable for me. Okay. 10.30. Let's say we wake up 9.30. I okay. would say somewhere between the hours of 9.10. I would say in bed between the hours of 10.11. And I'll report back next week. Honestly. See? <laughs> Honestly. Cause You're I, more of an adult than me. I that's, need that that's for that myself. That's that one year and, and month and a half that's between us. Because you said, <laughs> I know, Let's talk to say, me at 28. And I was like, 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that would honestly be more that's reasonable. Because okay, when I find that I'm pushing it, I'm falling asleep somewhere between the hours of 2 and 5. But I can make it till 4 before I go... Kayla, the sun's gonna come up in an hour, yeah. and you got to put yourself down now. I think I, I would try rather it. wind myself down at eleven. Have the teeth brushed, the routine set in. Have the teeth brushed, have the face washed, shower if I need it. In bed at eleven, and then I can sit there and watch TV for as long as I can. But if I have the light off, I'm at least focused on going yeah. to sleep. I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, the biggest game changer, though, was keeping my phone away from me or not touching it. Girl. And I, I strayed from that for a while and then noticed a huge change in my mood, a huge change in my day. Even like I wake up in the morning when I'm disciplined with my phone, I keep it outside of the bedroom unless really, really, I keep my phone outside of my bedroom unless Kayla's not in the house. <laughs> I only keep it by my bed if I need to make sure Kayla's home safely. Because I feel like women on the runway. <laughs> because anyone else, even if it is an emergency, me knowing it at nine and me knowing it at noon isn't going to change so much that it, it, it's only going to change so much that I would rather be well slept yeah. for it if yeah. it's news that's that dramatic and yeah. sensitive time wise. Um, but the phone is really the big game changer for me because I can say I want to go to sleep by a certain time. But if I'm not looking at my phone and then I know that when I wake up, I'm not looking at my phone again. I, pr- I promise myself that I won't look at my phone until I brush my teeth, wash my face, drink my morning tea and make my to do list for the day. And I can't look at my phone until then. I notice wow. a huge shift. I wish. In my I honestly, I honestly feel like um, because for the last two, three nights, I've been putting my phone down around six, and it has felt it's been involuntary I haven't done it consciously yeah but I've put it down and moved on with other things in my room and it has been honestly worse for me because I think um I honestly uh unselfishly or un uh high horsey I really do think I get more messages in different mediums than most people Mm -hmm. um so if I as I'm learning if I put my phone down at six I wake up with 42 text messages 20 notifications on Instagram but and that's not an exaggeration it's outrageous but for these last few days I felt like I'm slipping because then I spend my mornings catching up on the emails the messages the dms whatever um but I'm, I'm I'm also realizing that maybe I just need to cut off my friend or maybe it's like well not even that but like the sense of urgency behind it like yeah yeah, you do have these 42 42 messages but if you reply to them seven hours later whose world is gonna fall apart not yours not theirs yeah or even if you you not allow grace to the part to the fact that that uh interaction that availability is important to you and you know factors into your peace of mind even if you extend that into later like okay i put my phone down at 10 that can make a huge difference. Yeah. So it's not you're not waking up anticipating all these messages to wake up to. Exactly. And I think it's it's my body trying to figure it out. I don't like I said I don't consciously put it down so early, but I think my body has been like you need time without this phone. Yeah. You love this phone. I do love the phone. I don't curse social media. I don't curse any messages or whatever, but I do love the phone. I think my brain is automatically going do whatever else and stay up all night because you deserve it because you don't want to be by that phone. (laughs) So now I'm just looking for a little balance. Yeah. So I think, I think starting with my co-star app telling me that beauty rest is on the do list for today. Okay. I'm going to post recording. You good sis. Love you guys. Post recording. You good sis. Take a shower, get in bed to watch the debate, fall asleep nicely after the debate. Hopefully. I mean, what piece is there? Hopefully. (laughs) And then call it a night. I just want to start to get into that mind frame a bit earlier because I'm never in that mind frame. It's usually for the last couple of weeks just, when do I pass out? 
Are the yeah. lights on? Are they not? Are my eyes dropping? Should I pause? Did I brush right my now? teeth? Did I not? Yeah. Can I keep eating? Can I not? You know, and I just want to have a little bit more discipline with that area. Mm. Okay, it's bedtime. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, if I had to make a new promise to myself to today, it would be a little a little bit more meta and not something to practice so directly. It would be to prioritize honesty over being right Ooh. a lot of times when i talk to people a lot of times when i comment on things um when i you know take in news and try to process how i feel about it i try to be right i try to be pc i try to be just and not necessarily in the middle Mm -hmm. but wherever i stand in anything even if it is radical that it's correct you Uh know like you fact check me if you want to Fetch me if you want to. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like I prepare myself on the defense. Yeah, I'm always ready for someone to tell me that I'm wrong or that I'm short-sighted or that. And I want to have had all of those things considered. So where does the honesty come in? I want to prioritize being honest because if I'm honest about how I feel and what I want to say and what my perspective is on it and it isn't so considerate or polite or properly articulated when i'm corrected on it i'll move from a place that's more genuine Hmm. you know yes like i'll get that correction and be like wow i really thought this thing or saw this thing and i want to move from that and understand that other thing instead of i want to chase what's right and i want i want to be ahead of it all i feel like that's so anxiety ridden for me yeah and it keeps me from from honoring that sometimes my honesty is just right for me. Everything that's right for you isn't right for everyone. Now, now, if it's right, if you think something's right for you, like if I think my opinion is right, but it jeopardizes someone else's safety or well-being or health or mm-hmm. existence, that's just never going to be right. Right. But I also have to, I think reminding myself and comforting myself in the fact that I am a considerate person. I am a sensitive person. I am a reasonable person. If my honesty in an opinion or in a circumstance puts me somewhere where I'm not as considerate as I like to see myself or as broad as Mm -hmm. I like to see my thinking, that's a place for growth. And I want to be honest about how much growth there really is to be done Mm -hmm. instead of being honest about the fact that I want to be right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, you're well educated. You can spar in a conversation like no other. So it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. You usually have the facts to equip what you're saying. So now you want to be more detailed. Honest. Even even in something as... True to your heart and what you say. I mean, it makes sense and if the people who are around you can't keep up with that they can't keep up with that yeah and even something as simple as recording the podcast like i want to think about these topics these ain't that um stories or whatever and i want to be right i want to be right so badly that i don't just spit it from where i am yeah whereas if someone emailed us and was like girl that was not it or like 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 rihanna's fans like you know maybe you're not aware of this perspective and this belief but i think if you had this information you would change how you did things i feel like i would grow more and grow more consistently and exponentially if i didn't put 
all of the pressure on growth on what I already knew, yeah. but put the pressure on growth on what I'm open to learning and what I'm open to being. I love that. You know? So that's, that's my challenge for myself. It's, it's widespread. It can be applied in many places. And I, I think I can be more specific in how I accomplish that, but that's definitely the starting point. Interesting. So I wonder how you all apply that this week. The terror that just came over me. (laughs) And we are not therapists. We're not therapists, but we thirsty. (laughs) Oh no. Sips water. Full out. No marking. No marking. Which really makes me miss going to dance class. I wish I could go full out in a dance class. Mm. I miss it. My first full out is for Megan the Stallion on Saturday Night Live. You know I feel this. This week. I did stay up to watch Saturday Saturday Night Live this past week, and a lot of that was because of Megan the Stallion. And a lot of why I respected her performances so much was because I knew what was happening to her in the news. I knew And we have made it a point I know this is Lexi's full out, yeah. but we have each week been like do we talk about Tory Lane? Yeah. <laughs> like we've even restrained from it because it's like we're involved. Like I'm not that involved in her career in music. I am involved. I, do, I am a fan. I am. I am. But not so involved that I'm here talking about it every week. But seeing her on Saturday, Saturday Night Live, I was rooting for her so hard. And I could see in her face where you know she would have gone harder had she not been shot in the feet a couple of weeks earlier i saw in the messaging that was behind her when uh just like beyonce used the malcolm x quotes she used those same malcolm x quotes about black women being disrespected in america and then moved into talking about daniel cameron the attorney general of kentucky who was deeply involved in the verdict or lacked their lack thereof in brianna taylor's case and the 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 bravery to take a platform because I'm I'm not someone who watches Saturday Night Live frequently. I'm not. I am. I'm not. And you know, like there are those people, and to know that there are those people and that they are so outside of you know Megan's fandom, for her to take that platform and be like, "This is what I'm talking about." In the middle of the track, you want me to be here and twerk and rap these and bah, and all that shit. That's who I am this is the point mm-hmm. and you know in this circumstance on this stage this is the point in the stillness that was involved in that i am such a fan of how that entire appearance was constructed even though it wasn't as it wasn't as high energy as we're used to seeing from meg but also do we expect so much energy from someone who who was shot in the foot you know and for, for, for Daniel Cameron to respond and be like, you know, well, I've heard that from black people since I was in college. Like, nigga, I bet you have. Because you're a fuck-ass nigga. I bet you have. And she said what she said and she meant what she meant. And I mean it, too. Fuck you. Fuck you. A lot for that. We love you, Megan. Yeah. And we wish you well always. The, uh, the SNL. SNL has been known for years to, to contact the Midwest. ABC as a whole. Yeah. The, t- the, the network. In, um, that's NBC. Contact. That's NBC. NBC? Yeah. 
national broadcast it's, it's nbc, NBC. It is i know it's peacock. nbc because i signed in on my mom's you're right, cable you're right. <laughs> nbc as a whole um is there to, to target the middle america region yeah. and and i'm glad that she did do that even though yeah like we said when we came together on notes it wasn't the most energized performance but why does it need to be yeah even like just the imagery just the three slides of statements she had the bullets with the that, blood running it was just out. so i just think it's Ugh, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm phenomenal. We love Fierce. you, Meg. We love you. Okay, I'm going to take this over for a really quick full out. My first really quick full out is um, Lexi and I have been catching up on Canada's Drag Race. Justice for Lemon? Question mark. Justice for Lemon. Y'all can tell us forever ago that Lemon was like not even top four. I'm not even spoiler alerting because I think we're the last people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to finish this, but. Not even top four. The way that I had heard of Lemon's legacy before um, we even got deep into Drag Race, into Canada's Drag Race, I thought she'd at least make top three. Bitch was voted off five. I'm but, confused. You know what I said to you when we were watching it? She gives Shangela energy, not in that she is Shangela. She's not. But Lemon's going to be a star period regardless regardless i will be a fan i literally am going to follow her see where she goes follow her lemon are you good sis you are welcome lemon please reach out because like as we've all too well come to know we have many friends in common we do <laughs> lemon please i love lemon um but justice for lemon uh you should have at least gotten further on canada's drag race if not one the jojo siwa for me the jojo siwa. was the tipping jojo point siwa. it was the pose it's the dab dab dab, dab, dab. The, no 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 and it, have you ever been so litty you splitty you're kidding it's just quotable from top to bottom where we me and a friend have been constantly deciding like who are we specifically me yeah. and a gay friend and gay friend immediately identifies his drag race identity yeah. i'm sorry i'm laughing you gay friend as if you weren't also the opposite gay friend i am gay friend <laughs> But when I say gay friend, don't lie. Y'all's head immediately went to boyfriend. You saw. And you saw white. Mm -hmm. And you saw white and you were correct. So me, gay friend, I've been trying to figure this out forever. I have obviously my favorite queens, but not the queens that I'm like, those are me. Yeah. Um, Lemon is me. <laughs> Do you know, I told you this. I said, I don't think my queen has come. Like my queen, that's me. But the if closest I to pick we it, the get. The closest is Jujubee. Jujubee. That's me. And I sign off. Yeah. I sign off. But yeah, justice for lemon. Justice for lemon. Um, especially in the yellow coat, we just match, bitch. Uh, yes. Love you. Moving on. Full My out. second full out is for an entertainment icon that I feel a certain group of people does appreciate deeply, but should be appreciated widespread. And even that one group can be reminded how much they appreciate Kyla Pratt. Woo! Kyla, I'm pretty proud. I'm cute. And, and I'm loud. I got it going on. When I tell you, you know, we've talked about this. Netflix rolled out many sitcoms, black sitcoms from the late 90s and early 2000s in the last month or two. Mm -hmm. When I tell you Kyla Pratt has been featured on four of the seven, 
she was featured she had a little guest spot on moesha she had one on sister sister she had one on the parkers what? she is a lead on one-on-one which is coming later this month probably i think this week Live. next week kyla pratt owned the 90s and 2000s See, that we don't a, talk about she's it she's another one of my kps though kiki palmer kyla pratt <laughs> kayla peccioni yeah. there were there were the two kyla pratt and kiki palmer that i was like they are kps and i should be right where they are okay but also like kyla pratt is a few years a few years not very many years older than us yeah but just so is. older than us that she's been working our entire lives but also so that we see her and we're like we can do that yes we, we stand. We do. I've gotten all of uh, over all of my KP phobias yeah. <laughs> in this last few years because I'm just like that's the representation. But respect, like Kyla Pratt. It's like you're watching all of these shows that you watched when they were airing or even in syndication, mm-hmm. and then you realize just how close they were really in years. And so, like binge watching Moesha, binge watching Sister Sister, binge watching The Parkers. You're like, damn, Kyla Pratt was all up in this shit. It's what we asked for. Like, it's truly what we asked what we for want. today. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Okay, so on to my next full out. Um, I got to do a full out for the murderinos of our audience. I... So I guess when I tried to sit down and gather the thoughts of this full out, um, I guess it was just that men are oblivious okay cowards Mm -hmm. here's where i here's where i dial back so i was hanging out at again my quarantine pods uh place it happens to be a residence of full of gay men and i was on my way home from that residence and i got an uber and that uber was sitting in one spot for like 20 minutes wouldn't come to where I was, kept saying it was five minutes away. It was not five minutes away. Well, I mean, as a driver, it was five minutes away, but it never stopped driving, started driving. So I'm sitting there looking at my Uber app, waiting for this car to come pick me up. It's 25, 30 minutes later, the car never moves. And I'm like, guys, what do I do? And one we will leave out race, gay man looks over at me and is like why don't you message them um, what's taking you so long? And I said, and then get in the car with said man alone after saying what's taking you so long. And immediately said gay man goes, oh, you're right. I've never thought about that. For you, that situation is different. I said, yes, that situation is different. How dare I, as a solo woman traveling to my home, say, what is taking you so long? Right. This got me thinking, how many things do we do? And I've been thinking about this for a long time, but because it was a recent scenario, how many things do we do that, how many precautions do we take for men and their rage or their uh what is the fragile male ego Mm -hmm. that we can't destroy because we're in fear of our own lives yeah so there's a recent documentary that has come out on netflix um it's really popular very recent story about a man who kills his wife very very 
dark. But this is what I'm into. Who kills his wife and kills his two daughters, only children he has, because he's started a new life with a new woman, wants to get away from that, wants to follow this life with his new partner or whatever, and immediately gets sent to jail. Sorry, that's wrapping up the story for you. But immediately gets charged and sent to jail because he can't figure out how to cover his own tracks. Um, I just want men... And I know I'm always going at men on this podcast. And that's... They... Okay. It's what it is. Is it invalid? Is it invalid? It is what it is. It's what I see on a daily basis. This toxic masculinity... There's been a time where I have in a relationship said to a man... um, Please don't kill me. And that's not that's not even out of fear. Mm-hmm. It is just that I've heard being a murderino, thank you, my favorite murder, I have heard based in fact, if you say to a man, um, people care about me. People people will will really miss me if I'm here. The facts change. They think about it a little more, that you are valuable to this earth. So I watched this documentary with um I want to say his name, oh. Christopher Watts is the man who killed, annihilated his entire family. And this happens often. And I say it because I want our audience to take it in because I am such a murderino. And by murderino, I talk about my favorite podcast, my favorite murder. That's what we're called. But as a murderino, I just want to pass on that knowledge. It's so unfortunate, but it's something we should think about. That if you say to your spouse, please don't kill me, that makes a difference. It's just wild to me. I just want men in our society to think of the consequences yeah. of anything they do, of, of sending an angry message message to a person via Uber, of sending, you know, whatever, your opinions to someone, of, of telling someone flat out what you think. We don't have that same... Uh, grace. Grace. Yeah. We don't have that same grace. And I just, you know... And my, is it grace or is it just... That, it's something to think about, and I guess I want our listeners to be just aware of, like, it's sad, but it's just... What a tragedy it it's is a tragedy. to be attracted. I want to shout suffering. out Niecy Nash. <laughs> <laughs> Niecy Nash. He <laughs> figured it out. I will get there. <laughs> That's a voice to men song. <laughs> but we want these boys to come to men. Girl. I can tell you've been crying. You need somebody to talk to, girl. It's the theme. It's yeah, the theme I mean, of this like honestly, we we will get there. I'm sorry, friends, that we are Love there. You cis men of the podcast, just listen up. Cis men of the podcast, check yourself. Anyway, <laughs> my last anthem. It's Top October. It's the best month of the year. I'm not biased. <laughs> It's October, which means next month is election season. Well, it's all election season, but election Tuesday is November 3rd. And I want to emphasize the importance of checking in with every single part of your ballot. I know a lot of us in this time are getting our ballots as... (laughs) I'm sorry. I just knocked into Lexi's wine glass, but your story of this was so powerful please oh, continue thank you mm-hmm. i really just I had just finished washing my hair and looked at the mail on the table and then got a lot of feelings so the i opened my mail and found my absentee ballot 
and said on my Instagram story, you know what, I'm not enthused about this election season. You know, there are a lot of things on the Democratic side that I'm excited about. There are a lot of changes and policies and perspectives that Joe Biden, Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris have that I am excited and enthused about. That's true. That's true. But also as someone who is obsessed with, let's say, scandal or the good fight or the good wife, I know that this structure Hamilton even like Mm. this structure isn't built for the people of today it wasn't Hmm. it wasn't and I really want people to to reckon with that I want you to be to feel urgency and to feel that your vote is important and Mm -hmm. even if the system takes advantage of it or um, manipulates it or ignores it or throws it away what whatever the fact that you showed up and were informed in what you thought and wanted and what you felt and and made a legal statement of that that matters because honestly there is great power in being honest about what you can control and what you can't. And when you take power of what you can control, you get clarification on what you can't. And then you can take the next steps into being a part of that thing. And in a country where the where the government is supposed to be of the people, mm-hmm. they didn't always consider a lot of us to be people. You know, they still don't think of a lot of minorities, a lot of black people, a lot of women, a lot of um, gay people, a lot of trans people, a lot of homeless people. They don't see those people as people. And those could even be the politicians that you worship right now. Absolutely. It could be. Um, But for you to show up and you say, you know what? I made a point to say, this is what I need. And this is what I see. This is what I don't see. This is what I feel. That matters because no matter what they do with that information, you are clear enough on it to speak on it and act on it. What you, what action you do take and don't take in a time where we can feel very powerless. If you take as much power as you feel you have, even if it's more or less than what you really do, that offers a lot more perspective and where we are and where yes. we need to be and where we can keep going. I'm not enthusiastic about this this election. I'm not going to tell y'all, yes, fucking vote blue. It's fucking lit. Blah, blah, blah. I'm here for everyone. I mean, I am hype that the first black woman to be on a ticket for an election of this stature and is that we will be voting blue. <laughs> Okay, and she is a Howard alumna. Okay, (laughs) I am hype about that. But I am hype about the fact that this system is something that is easily manipulated, is easily poisoned, is easily influenced. And the more I don't, I don't like the idea of sending, of sending uh, genuine people into something so corrupt, something that was built to be corrupt. Yeah. against people that even looked like them or felt yeah. like them had that experience. Kamala Harris is a black South Indian woman daughter of immigrants. What but is brave enough to take whatever it takes to put herself in this position and though I don't agree with everything that the ticket says and puts on their website I also understand that it's a game I I think that the United States is a spoiled child who was raised poorly and we're in a position to to uh, hire a babysitter hire babysitters and that applies to the entire ballot so my Mm -hmm. point here is not just with the president and vice president this is a Biden-Harris house 
Um, but it's not just with that ticket. It's with the judges there, the Congress people there, the the amendments to your state constitution that are on the ballot you all yeah. like you might vote for a judge's name just because it sounds like your cousin's name and i don't know or just this that's the sign that you see up in the highway on your way to work i i empower yourself with all of the power that we have and it may seem massive to some people it may seem minuscule to some people but it's still information yeah and this country is still uh, at the hands of the people who live in it because the moment it's not and the moment you succumb to that even like as a person with a more revolutionary mindset donny hathaway sings take it from me someday we'll all be free and you know that statement is very much true and it, it could be in our lifetime it could not be in our lifetime but you won't know how close or far you are from it unless you take charge of what's in your grasp and if you don't take charge of what's in your grasp i want to say i don't fault you i think that's a symptom um but i want to challenge you to take that power back that is in the grass that you see and so read the whole ballot do your research google is right there we walk around with computers in our pockets we don't walk around that far because it's a pandemic we're staying at home But we walk around this block. You walk around this block. <laughs> but yeah, um, vote. Um, yes. just, just because you vote for a system you don't believe in um, doesn't mean you're giving in to how it works. It doesn't mean you're giving in to how it was constructed. It means It can mean that you're reckoning with where we are right now. Yes. So that you have more of a grasp of where we are when you're working on where we will be and can be. Don't relinquish all of that power just because those people are determined to take it from you. Don't. And vote. And on that note, this has been You Good Sis Pie. You Good Sis Pie. Email us so that we can talk about things that come from your heads and not just ours. Yes. Email us at yougoodsispod at gmail.com. Instagram us at yougoodsispod. Twitter us at yougoodsispod. Yeah. I'm old. Tweet us. <laughs> um, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So um, in, in honor of my beautiful foundation that I work with, with Susan G. Komen. Uh, we will be posting an interview with Oracel Beharan. Yes, our good sis. Yes, our good sis. She's so... Such a treat. Yeah. Such a treat. So we'll be pers- posting our interview with her next week. And other than that, see you next week, sis. See you next week. Bye. Bye.